Well, okay, okay, okay. That's enough of being nice. Sit down. It's good to be in the house of the Lord together tonight. Uh, one more announcement. Some of you are those double dippers. You come on Friday nights and on Sundays. You're just that cool. Uh, I wanted you to know I'll be preaching this same thing, a slightly better version on Sunday. So don't come on Sunday and look at me and go, you're, don't you have something new to say? No, I will not have something new to say. So you can come or you can go to IHOP. That's fine. Either way, I just wanted you to know. So if you have your Bibles, okay, class, okay, class. No, I'm just kidding. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. If you don't, it'll be on the screen, no sweat. But we're in the third week of our series, Going Through the Lord's Prayer, a, a series called Praying with Jesus. And these, these words are legendary, they're iconic, these words. Maybe you had a grandmother that taught you the Lord's Prayer, you went to Sunday school and you prayed the Lord's Prayer, or maybe this is new to you and you're, you are genuinely learning in real time to pray with Jesus. Wherever you find yourself on that spectrum, Welcome to these words that have shaped the world and that are to shape our hearts. And so what I want to do tonight is pray these words. I want you to join me in praying the Lord's Prayer tonight at the top. We'll get the sermon started with that. So let's pray the words that the Lord Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So Lord, we say, come and speak. Let these words come to life tonight. Spirit of the living God, if you don't hover over us as you hovered over creation, and if you don't bring order out of the chaos of our lives, we're, we're going to be in trouble tonight. We all come to this moment with fear. We come to this moment with uh, questions. We come to this moment with uncertainty about the future. We come to this moment with relational dynamics that are difficult. We come to this moment with work situations that are sometimes overwhelming. We come to this moment needing you to be God, needing you to be our Father who art in heaven. And so, Lord, we say, have your way among us tonight. Speak to us tonight. Transform us tonight. Make us your people, we pray tonight in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. This is the prayer that has been prayed around the world. I've prayed this prayer, I was thinking about it today. I've prayed this prayer in impoverished areas of Asia. I've prayed this prayer under the sweltering sun of the Middle East. I've prayed this prayer in uh, the Soviet Union, just as the wall was falling and the Iron Curtain was being destroyed, communism was coming to an end. My, I was 10 years old there with my family and in the Soviet Union, our Father who art in heaven. I've prayed this prayer in el nombre del Padre y del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo in the mountains of Central America. And these people know how to pray. They have nothing. And they pray, give us this day our daily bread. And they mean it literally. 
I've prayed this prayer in inner city of, of America. I've prayed this prayer in rural villages and towns and, and farm country in America. I've prayed this prayer at child dedications and I've prayed this prayer at hospice bedsides as saints are getting ready to enter their rest. I've prayed, this is the prayer that has been prayed round the world, given to us by Jesus himself. And tonight the, the, the phrase we're going to look at is thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to suggest to you that this section of the Lord's Prayer calls for three things. I want to put three simple things in front of you tonight that cost us everything. <laughs> three simple things that'll, that'll require us to take up our cross and deny ourselves and follow Jesus. And these things will bring us back to life. Three things tonight I want you to see in this section. The first is God's reign. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come is governmental language. If God has a kingdom, then it must mean he's the king. He is the king of the earth. He is the one who was and who is and who is to come. He's the reason we're here. In the beginning, he said, let there be and there was. And the king has an opinion. <laughs> the king has a way. The king has, has, has an agenda that he has set. The king, there's a grain to the king's universe. And if we will work with it, it will bless us. And if we cut against it, it will destroy us. The king of kings has taught us to pray, thy kingdom come. But we see that there's an attempted coup attempt afoot, a coup d'etat, that there's an enemy who wants to compete for, for the king's lordship, that the enemy wants to destroy us, that the enemy is jockeying for power, that the kingdom is a contested space. This isn't just, you know, fairy tales and, and, and daisies and tulips and unicorns and kumbaya by the fire. All the t- the, the, There is a fight going on. The king has a kingdom and there is an enemy trying to subvert and to take away and to seduce and to lead us astray to get our worship to destroy our lives. The big K kingdom is a contested space with all these little bitty lowercase k's that don't match up to the kingdom. This is God's reign that we're talking about here. But Paul wants us to know in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that the God of this age, the devil himself, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image. This is what God looks like, Jesus. The God of this age has blinded the minds. The God of this age is trying to, to, to lull us to sleep. The God of this age is trying to lead us astray. The God of this age is dangling the carrot, trying to take us into destruction. There is a king and he has a kingdom. And Paul taught us to pray that the kingdom of God would come just as Jesus taught us to pray. That the kingdom of God would come. And Jesus says... Pray for and pray into and invite and invoke God's reign. Set up shop here, Lord. Do what you do. Be yourself among us and teach us to to act like you. God, let your kingdom come. Move in and move among us and transform this space. The first thing that I want you to see tonight is that to pray thy kingdom come 
is to welcome the reign of God in all its particularity. Particularity. We, we, we very often talk about God in these abstractions. Oh, just this fluffy ball of kindness out in the ether that doesn't really, he's just kind of this amorphous blob of grandfatherliness, dispensing candy to children and just giving us whatever we want. And he, he, he's kind of sloppy and he doesn't really have an opinion. Just love is love is love. Do you hear this in this day and age that we live? But, but tonight what I want you to see is to pray thy kingdom come is to welcome the reign of God in all of its particularity and the minuteness and in the, in the minutia of what God wants to do in the earth. So I want to ask, what is God like? What has the scripture taught us? I want you to see two things. That first, he's, he's high and he's holy and he's powerful. He's the creator. He's the king of kings and the glorious one and the pure one. And he's transcendent and he's enthroned and he dwells in the beauty of his holiness and in the holiness of his beauty. He is Whoa, are you serious? We get to live in our father's world and this majestic king. So we see the particularity of his, his kingship and his creativity and the beauty of his life. But we also see that he's compassionate and gracious and that he's intolerant of injustice and that he's a defender of widows and orphans and the poor. That he's the one who stands for the vulnerable and the voiceless. That he's the one who stands in front of single mothers or single fathers who are, who are on their own and he says, no, you will not destroy them. You will not take advantage of them. That he's the one who, who comes and scoops down into the dust and he lifts up the sinner and he restores them to dignity. That he's the one who knows what What's going on in rural Asian villages. And he knows what's going on in the mountains of Central America. And he knows what's going on in the inner cities of the United States with the heartbrokenness and, and the sadness and the ache for God. Will your kingdom actually come? He's the God who is compassionate and tender and gracious, and he stands up against injustice high and holy, but he's also dwelling with the lonely. And this is exactly what Isaiah tells us, for this is what the high and exalted one says, he who lives forever, whose name is holy. And God says, I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and low. To revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. This is the God who is strong, but he doesn't lose his compassion and his strength. In fact, his strength is seen in his compassion. This is the God who is majestic and powerful and we see his power and the way he pays attention to even the smallest and the least among us and he makes the least the greatest in the kingdom. The, guy, the God who is high and holy but who dwells with the lowly. But I want you to see that the kingdoms of the earth are playing a zero-sum game where someone has to lose for someone else to win. See how God's kingdom, he's, he's high and holy, but he dwells with the lowly and he lifts up the, the poor from the ash heap. But in the kingdoms of the earth, it's a zero-sum game. There, it's a, a world of scarcity and I've got to strike you down if I'm going to stand strong and you've got to lose if I'm going to win. Have you ever seen this in the moment that we live in? The Russians against the Ukrainians and the Ukrainians against the Russians. The Pakistanis against the Indians and the Indians rising up against the Pakistanis and the Chinese against the Tibetans. And I've been in the mountains of Tibet and I see the hostilities there and the Tibetans against the Chinese and whites against blacks and blacks against whites in certain places and Democrats against Republicans. 
I've got to win, and for me to win, you've got to lose. That's the way the kingdoms of this earth, the, 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 the God of this age has blinded our minds so that we think that the other person is our enemy, our opponent, our competition. I have to make you fall so that I can rise. But the reign of God is different. The reign of God is the one realm where everyone can thrive. The reign of God means that everyone can win. The reign of God, there is no scarcity. There is no lack. There is no shortage. There doesn't have to be competition. We can be brothers and sisters, red and yellow, black and white. We can all be precious in his sight. And Democrats can break the bread of of Jesus' body with Republicans. And blacks and whites can come together and kiss each other on the cheek and say, I see you, sister, and I see you, brother. And in the kingdom of God, we can lay down our rights. And we can lay down our power. And we can take up our cross and deny ourselves. And when everyone comes together to live like that, guess what? We all win. There is no shortage. There is plenty in God's kingdom. If we'll just believe that. If we'll just practice that. The reign of God means everyone can thrive. And Jesus teaches us to pray, thy kingdom come and thy will be done. And he prays that we would get that in our souls and in our psyches and deep down into our bones. And if we could, the world would be different. First thing is God's reign. This is my father's world. He's got a way and we invite him to come establish his way among us. The second thing that I want you to see tonight, that this section of the Lord's Prayer calls us to, is our repentance. Since the fall, humanity has found itself saying, my kingdom come. (laughs) Appreciate the garden, God. Beautiful gift excellent work and I see that it is good just as you've seen that it is good but go ahead and move on out brother step on out to the periphery because I got this and I'm going to center myself you see what's going on at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil right in the center of the garden I'm going to center myself and even though you've told me to stay away from that and don't touch and surely it will lead to death go ahead and back on up and this is what I want my kingdom come my will be done on the earth as it is in the earth. (laughs) And the Lord's Prayer is a provocation to repentance, to humbling ourselves, to softening our hearts. The prophets come after the fall, Israel's prophets crying from the wilderness saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make straight paths for him and repent and be baptized and come home to Yahweh and choose you this day whom you will serve. And I set before you today life and death and blessing and curse. Choose life, come back home. And Jesus shows up following his cousin John the Baptist who was out in the wilderness, wild camel's hair and eating locusts and wild honey. And they were scratching their heads at this enigma of a man who said, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make straight paths for him. And every valley will be raised up and every mountain will be brought low and every crooked place will be made straight and every rough place will be made smooth. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed in all the earth and all flesh shall see it together. Repent and be baptized. Jesus comes after his cousin and goes, yeah, what he said. (laughs) Repent. Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea saying, come on, there is a kingdom. Get into it. 
Repent. Lay down your kingdom. Quit grabbing for the apple. Quit trying to center your story. Quit trying to center your happiness. Quit trying to destroy other people so you can rise. That doesn't work. Repent for the kingdom of the heavens is near. It's at hand. It has come. Do you know the moment that is among you? Jesus comes, and from that time on, he began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And I want us tonight to realize that to pray, thy kingdom come, is also to say, my kingdom, yours. When I wrote this sermon earlier in the week, I'd written something different at this point, and I was chewing on it all week and wrestling with it. It just didn't seem totally right. It seemed like the first draft, and and I bumped into Andrew Arndt, and I was talking about this, and we were going back and forth. Uh, What I initially wrote was to pray, thy kingdom come is to say, my kingdom go. I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable with that yet. And I mentioned that to Andrew and we were kicking it around and, in the office. And, and finally what I came up with is to, to pray, my kingdom, your kingdom come, thy kingdom come, is also to say, my kingdom yours. Because we all have little kingdoms. And that's not bad. Right? We all have little kingdoms. In the garden, God creates Adam and Eve. And what does he say? He says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and take dominion. And he says to Abraham later on, every place you set your foot, as far as the eye can see, it's yours. Like we have our little kingdoms and some of you own businesses and that's not bad. In fact, that's really good. God made you an entrepreneur and God made you to go create opportunities and to make the world better and to create jobs so that people could be employed and so that their children could eat. And you have a little kingdom, Go for it. Some of you are teachers. And you've got this little kingdom of classroom, you know, full of kids that are coming in. And, and they're, they're wrestling and they're playing and they're trying to learn their ABCs. And God has given you the authority to snap that kingdom to attention. And to teach them and to educate them. And to send them off into the future with blessing and with all that they'll need to be strong. Some of you have children that you're raising. That's your little kingdom. And you're brooding over them like a mother hen over her chicks. And it's good that God has given you that task to do. All of us have these little bitty kingdoms and that's as it should be because if God is the creator and God is the one who makes and God is the one who who creates new opportunities if we're made in his image then we are to be creators and we are to be leaders the lord of lords has made us little lords and lordesses i stole that from brett brett davis the lord of lords made us to bear his image and to and to carry that lordship into the earth And as we pray, thy kingdom come, what we're saying is, my kingdom yours. There's a a home builder here in the church who, he's been doing it forever and he's successful and God has blessed him. And he knows what he's doing. He's a monster. And he's he's got 30 years of doing this in our city. He's built some of your homes and he's developed, he's watched Colorado Springs move all the way up here. And he's been a part of that. And he came to us a couple years ago and he said, I'm building a house and all of the proceeds are going to go to the church. To pray thy kingdom come is to also say my kingdom yours. And he's filled up our food bank. And he's, he's given 
money to Mary's home. And he's, he's made a dent in so many different ways through so many different years. Why does someone do that? How can someone do that? Someone can do that only after years of praying, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. And then the Holy Spirit awakens your heart to see areas where there's, where there's brokenness. And so you take the strength of your little kingdom that is a good kingdom that God wants to flourish. And then you throw the strength of your kingdom up into the strength of his capital K kingdom. And you see the blessing of God break out all over the earth. It is not a problem that you have your little kingdom. It's a problem if you think it's yours. <laughs> it's not a problem. It's good. It's really good. If you know what it's for, if you know who it belongs to, if you know what the purpose behind it is, my kingdom is yours, Lord. You've given it to me, and I pray that you bless me so that you can make me a blessing. And through me, just as you told the father Abraham and mother Sarah, through me, all the nations of the earth will find themselves blessed. To pray thy kingdom come is to pray my kingdom yours. You see Jesus on the cross doing this. Into your hands, I commit my spirit. My kingdom. I submit myself to you, Lord. If it be your will, let this cup pass. I would love it if you, nevertheless. The great nevertheless is to say, my kingdom is yours. But this is the struggle. Some of us insist on controlling our little kingdoms and we cling tight to the outcomes and we want to ensure the world works our way and we're afraid to trust and we're afraid to open ourselves up and we don't actually believe that this is our father's world and we don't actually believe that in this kingdom everyone can thrive and so we circle up the wagons and we protect number one and, and I'm just here to tell you living like that will destroy you. C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis famously said one time, there are only two kinds of people in the end. Those who say to God, thy will be done. And those to whom God says in the end, thy will be done. All that are in hell, choose it. No soul that seriously and constantly desires joy will ever miss it. Thy kingdom come, thy kingdom come, thy kingdom come, thy kingdom come. But there's some people who are saying, my kingdom, mine, my kingdom, mine, my kingdom, mine, my kingdom, mine. I'm scared to trust you. I'm scared to live in this kind of a world. I'm scared to take the chance. I'm scared to take the risk. And finally, in the end, God is always saying, hey, give me your kingdom. Give me your kingdom. I promise you, you'll be richer. I promise you, you'll have more joy. I promise you, you'll have more peace. I promise you, it doesn't make sense in a spreadsheet. But if you'll trust me, it will work for you. But some people in the end, till their dying breath, will say, my kingdom, mine, my kingdom, mine. And finally, God will say, Thy will be done. It didn't have to be that way. And he says, all that are in hell, choose it. Hell is what happens when we desperately clutch onto our little kingdoms. And that's here on the earth. And that's eternal. And so what we pray when we pray the Lord's prayer is we say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, change me tender. Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done. And help me to know that my little kingdom, you're blessing it and I can trust you with it. And so Lord, it's yours and it's yours. And every day I get up and I just say, it's yours. And I'm tempted to think my business is my business. It's yours, Lord. So bless it and use it and do whatever you want with it. And people who live like that are people who live in abundant joy. To pray thy kingdom come is also to say my 
kingdom yours. The third thing I want you to see about this section of the Lord's Prayer is that it calls us to the world's renewal. God's reign, our repentance, the, Lord, the world's renewal. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. When the ground is watered, the garden grows. <laughs> The kingdom of God is like rain that causes the earth to spring forth. And when the kingdom comes, the earth rejoices. And the psalmist, King David, in Psalm 97, verse 1, he erupts in doxology. And he says, the Lord reigns, and so let the earth be glad. And let the distant shores rejoice. You see, when we extend compassion, the earth rejoices. And when we extend forgiveness, the earth rejoices. And when we extend mercy, the earth rejoices. And when we open up our pocketbooks and our hearts to generosity, the earth rejoices and I want you to imagine yourself praying the Lord's prayer with a rope in your hands what we know that in the beginning God said let there be and there was imagine this is the chronology of of human existence and God said let there be and there was and right here in the middle of history you've got Jesus coming and he hangs on a cross and he rises on the third day and ascends to the father's right hand and he promised that there's going to be a day when there's no more suffering and no more sorrow and no more mourning and no more death revelation 21 1 through 5 for the old order of things will have passed away so we know what is out here in the great glorious future of God's eternal kingdom we know Jesus told us and the scriptures tell us and so when you pray the Lord's prayer I want you to imagine yourself having a rope in your hands that somehow when you say your kingdom come and your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven somehow our agency is cooperating with the kingdom and we see single moms and their children or single dads and their children and they're struggling we say your kingdom come your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven and we give of ourselves we give of our homes we give of our money we give of our businesses our kingdoms have been subsumed into the large your kingdom and so we don't own anything and so you see someone who who really doesn't own anything and they don't know how to pay their mortgage and you go lord your kingdom come and suddenly the holy spirit is going to show you and you're just going to open up your pocketbook and you're going to make it happen because this is the kingdom where everyone can thrive And as you pray the Lord's Prayer, you're calling that great future that has been promised to us and that sneaks in and crashes in. The the, the future crashes into our present time and time again and we go praise the Lord. When we pray, we're saying, Lord, do it here and do it now. To pray, thy kingdom come, is to pull God's glorious future into the inglorious present. There was one day I, I read... Mother Teresa's biography, and we all think about Mother Teresa as this global icon. Oh, Teresa of Calcutta. You know what? She just was this small, slight woman, of slight frame and, and fragile and prayerful. And she, her knees were totally destroyed because she lived on her knees praying. And she was this frail woman and she was sick so much of her life. But God gave her these long years. Why? I think because she just lived pulling that great glorious future into the inglorious present. I saw uh, the story of her when her life really changed. She was up in her room at the convent. Behind the walls in Calcutta, this convent had walls because there was so much crime, because people didn't have anything, and so people were trying to steal from each other. And so this Catholic uh, convent, all these women 
single women locked up in there and it wasn't safe for them to go out in the streets and she's up in her room praying with the window open and over the wall of the convent, she sees a sick person in the ditch. Sores all over, bleeding out, dying. And as she's praying the Our Father, which Catholics do all day, every day, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on on earth as it is in heaven. And she said something in her got her up off of her knees. And she, she had to go to the Monsignor to say, I, I want to go out and get this person. They said, you can't, sister. You, you're not allowed. She actually had to write a letter and get permission to go out. And finally they said, look, if you want to go serve the poor, we'll, we'll take that chance. But that, it's dangerous, you know. And she spent the next 50 years going into the slums and pulling people out of ditches and kissing these people who are lepers and taking care of those with AIDS. And she spent her life praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. And she spent 50 years pulling God's glorious future into the inglorious present. And that is what we do when we pray the Lord's prayer. It's like this prayer gets into us and the prayer moves from our heads and to our hearts and finally into our hands for prayer that doesn't end up in your hands is not prayer at all thy kingdom come thy will be done and then he gives you eyes to see where it's not come and where it's not being done and then he says go for it on the earth as it is in heaven it moves from our heads to our hearts and finally into our hands So I want to ask you, where is the Lord showing you regions of renewal that you can pray into and pull into existence? Where do you have agency to leverage your kingdom here on the earth, your little kingdom that is good, that God gave to you, and to throw it up so that it can be subsumed into the all-pervasiveness of the capital K kingdom? Where is God giving you the grace to step into the world's renewal? Who can you bless? Who can you pray for? Who can you stand with? Who can you be an ally to? Who can you leverage all of what God has given you for? Because this is what we do. It moves from our heads down into our hearts. And finally, it works itself into our hands so that we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Can you say amen tonight? Stand with me, church. band is going to come and we're going to get ready to receive communion. So if you can get your communion elements ready. But what I want us to do here is to pray the Lord's prayer again, but slower. I want to take time between each phrase here. And I want us to invite the Holy Spirit to change us, to transform us, to awaken us. Maybe tonight it's a moment of repentance. Maybe it's a night where you're saying, God, let your reign just take over my life, take over my neighborhood, take over my workplace, take over my school, take over my apartment complex. Invite God's reign, give him your repentance, and let's ache and cry and intercede for the world's renewal tonight. So these words are going to come up on the screen, and I'm going to take us through it slowly, so I'll pray through the first phrase and then I'll ask you to stop and to think it through. So tonight join me in praying the Our Father. Our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name. Stop. Close your eyes.
Do you believe he's your father? Will you trust that if that's true, that he'll take care of you? Will you trust that all the power of heaven and earth is his? You're gonna be just fine. Our father who art in heaven. And Lord, we pray that every space of our lives would be hallowed with your name. Our workplace, let your name be great. Our home place, let your name be great. Our relationships, let your name be great. Next phrase, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Stop. Can we repent? For every moment we've clutched at and held on to our little kingdoms. For every moment where we've let fear dominate us. For every moment where we've said, my kingdom. We want to be those who say, thy We want to be those who live in heaven all along the way in this life and naturally transition right into it, into eternity. So Lord, would you drive hell right out of us? (laughs) We're not just saying, hey, rescue us from hell. We're saying drive hell out of us (laughs) right now. Would you tenderize our hearts? Would you make it so we don't see other people as competition? Would you make it so that we don't see the world as a world of scarcity? Would you make it so that we trust life to be good in your kingdom? Let's pray the next phrase. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And now we take communion. We'll finish it up here in just a minute. So I have that next phrase ready, but we're saying, give us this day our daily bread. And here we are. Jesus on the night he's betrayed, he takes the bread and he breaks it. And he says, here you go. (laughs) This is my body broken for you. I'm going to feed you every day of your life. I'll give you the mercy you need. I'll give you the forgiveness you need. I'll give you the peace you need. I'll give you the grace to open up your heart and to live in this kind of kingdom way. I've got you, says Jesus. And Jesus says, every time you do this, do this for the remembrance of me. And the one who was broken for us somehow is putting us back together tonight. The one who was shattered for us makes it so that we can trust that even if the world breaks us for other people, it's gonna work out okay. And so Jesus, tonight we say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You have given us this day our daily bread. You have given us mercy. You've given us newness. You've given us blessing. You've given us strength. You've given us your very self. And tonight we receive you, friends. You may receive the bread. We just prayed, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And Jesus said, I've got you. 
This cup is the new covenant given in my blood. He says, given for the remission of your sins. <laughs> Do we believe that there's newness? Do we believe that all of our old story is being sunk into the grave with him and we're being raised up into newness of life? Do we believe that he's that good? Tonight, we just have to. Where else can we go? What else do we have? And if he's forgiven us, then we get to forgive others who have trespassed against us. The same grace he's given us, we now extend and we give it back. And so Jesus, we say, thank you. We remember you. We remember how you work. We remember who you are. We remember what you do about sin. And Lord, for the people who have trespassed against us tonight, by faith, we just say, bless them real good. (laughs) Sometimes that hurts to say. Sometimes it just kind of, we have to throw that out of our mouths. Bless them real good. And about the 10th time we start to mean it. Lord, be good to them as you've been good to us. And break the curse of hell within us through this forgiveness. Saints, tonight you may receive the cup, the forgiveness of your sins. Now let's put that last phrase up on the screen. And let's pray this together by faith. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And all God's people said... All right, we're going to worship now. We're going to sing praise. And I want you to tear the roof off of this place. Lift up your hands. Shout unto the Lord. If you need to fall on your face or on your knees, whatever it is, let's go for it tonight because Jesus is just that good. Let's worship the Lord together.
Since worship, I've felt this uh, sense that there are people in the room who would love a greater measure of faith for all that Daniel has laid out, um, but you're not quite sure you need the body of Christ to come around you and help bring that into fruition. Um, and I would just love if that could happen tonight. So, yeah. Thank you, Ellen. She took that risk and she's right on. And so what we're going to do here is Barack is going to pray for that faith. My Kenyan brother, I've seen, I've seen videos of him out in the bush of Africa, laying hands on the sick and seeing him recover. This guy has stepped into situations none of us have ever dreamed of. And he's seen Jesus work there. So pray that faith. This isn't the prayer of blessing yet. This is prayer for faith. Okay. So pray that God would increase our faith tonight, Barack. Hallelujah. We just open up our hands and lift our hearts to God. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit of God, Almighty God, we say thank you for your word that you've spoken to us through your servant. Lord Almighty, we thank you because your word is true. 
and that which you declare and that which you say comes to pass. Lord Almighty, before anything was, you are, and everything that is, is only because you are. Lord Almighty, each one of us in this place, you know us by the number of our hair. Lord my God, you said in your word that you know that which we desire even before we say it. Almighty God, you're the Lord who was, you're the one who raised Jesus from the dead. And your word is true for you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And your word says, dear Lord, for this manner you are manifested that you may destroy the works of the devil. And you said in your word, dear Lord my God, that call upon me and I will show you great and mighty things, things that thou knowest not. Jesus Christ, tonight we know there is nothing impossible before you. For whatever is possible with man is possible with you. You're the Lord who specializes in the impossible. For this reason, you, we call you the Lord God Almighty. For you are our Ebenezer. We thank you for each one of us, dear Lord. Whatever need each one of us has. King of glory, I pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, provide. Lord, my God, every sickness and disease. We want you to know right now that Christ was manifested that he may destroy you. So whatsoever your name is, we command you in the name of Jesus Christ to depart from the life of the children of God here tonight. We release an anointing of God. We release healing from heaven in the name of Jesus. Christ. I command every work of the enemy. I command every sickness and disease. I command every situation right now. Emotional. Right now. Psychological. Physical. Right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. I command you die out of the life of the children of God. Come out of their life and of their body. Come out of their minds and their thoughts. In Jesus name. We rebuke you liar. You do not belong to any of these people. Neither of them belongs to you. So we cancel your hand. We cancel your power. Leave the children of God. Father, we call upon your holy name. Yes, Lord Almighty, in the name of Jesus Christ. You said in your word that a prayer of they that are of faith in Jesus' name will heal the sick. And right now, I just want to ask you if you're here. And you need the miracle that our sister has talked about from the spirit. Just lift up your hand. And any brother or any sister around about you, stretch forth your hand towards that brother, that sister. Just go touch them in the back and let's pray a prayer of faith together. Lord Almighty, in the name of Jesus Christ. Just stretch forth your hand. Father, in Jesus' name we pray right now. We ask right now, O oh Lord. According to your word, for you said in First Kings that Lord Almighty, you've never failed any of your promises. And so I pray in Jesus' name for healing emotionally right now, healing physically. I pray for provision supernaturally of their financial needs. Lord, in Jesus' name. 
Take care of your children. Take care of your people right now. As we lay our hands on them, we join our faith together with them, dear Lord. We become one in faith and we pray right now in Jesus' name. Let the healing of God flow. Let the provision of God flow in the lives of the children of God who are here tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Almighty. In Jesus' name. We agree. Let's sing. his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his bright smile and countenance upon you. May he grant you peace. And we pray these things tonight in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. Can we give God thanks one more time for all he's done? What a night. I want to invite our prayer team to come down. We'd love to pray over any of you that need prayer. Our guest central's out in the lobby. If you're new-ish around here, come say hi. Let us give you a gift and get to know you 
go from here tonight in God's grace and peace. Much love.